Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. Listening to Smart Animal Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And the smart thing to do is to own a pet because pets keep us well. People are healthier if they own dogs and cats. They're healthier if they're around them. And people in hospitals benefit from visits. And the latest, greatest, most amazing thing is a dog trained to find C. difficile, that horrible bacteria that, that is terribly responsible for loads of deaths in hospitals and is smelly. But by the time a human smells it, it's too late usually. By the time a dog that's properly trained smells it, they can get it all cleaned up and save lives. So the, the new dog, first one ever in my province, just started working smelling for C. difficile. So there's all kinds of uses for animals and animals making us well and, and um, all kinds of ways that animals help us. And today we're going to talk about that with Marion Wells. Her book, Learn About the Amazing Healing Power of Dogs, um, Oh, that's not the name of the book. The book is Healing Touches from Pets We Love. That's the name of the book. And we've got Marion Wells coming to us to talk to us all about that. Some amazing stories. Welcome to the show, Marion. Thank you so much. And actually, the book is Dr. Dog, Healing <laughs> Touches you. from Pets We Love. You know, sometimes it matters where the quotations go, and I get copy to read, and the quotations are all over the place. I can't tell what the title is. Can you say that again, please, loud and clear? The title of your book is Dr. Dog, Healing Touches from Pets We Love. Dr. Dog. Oh, I love it. The dog is the doctor. And I have seen this. I have seen it where a pet will actually take on the illness of a person and then heal himself. How, what kind of stories are you bringing to us today? What amazed you when you wrote this? What amazes me is all the different ways that dogs can be a healing influence in human lives. They're beacons of healing and hope. They literally coax miraculous responses from the sick and elderly. They can provide a lifeline for kids and adults with special needs. They offer comfort in the midst of depression and trauma, and they do it all with a gentleness and love that's just amazing, and that makes God's love more real because he created them. Okay, so give us an example in the book that was just, for sure had to be in the book, because I know you probably had to choose which ones go in the book and which ones don't. What was one of the stories that just stood out so much? Well, there's a delightful story called The Dog Whose Howls brought healing. And this is a little toy poodle named Baba. His human, William, when he was about six years old, was in a private school but wasn't learning math and reading for some reason. And they discovered that he had dyslexia, severe dyslexia. And they took him out of this private school and they put him into a special school for him to learn coping skills for the dyslexia but he had to spend long hours doing homework. His parents couldn't be with him all that time, but they got him this toy poodle, Baba. 
And one day when he was doing homework and he was having a hard time with his math problem, he started howling in frustration and the dog howled back and he just cracked up and he ran and got his parents to show them what the dog was doing. And ever after that, when he would howl in frustration, Baba would howl and he felt the dog understood what he was going through and had compassion for him. The dog was also the most consistent friend in his life during that period because kids came and went from that school, but he had to stay longer. And he's all grown up now. Uh, things clicked in for him, for him. He's in college. He's doing great. But the dog was a bridge during a very, very difficult time in his life. Oh, that's a nice story. You know, in the news recently, uh, there's a 10-year-old um, elephant in northern Thailand. Her name's Mosha. And she had her leg blasted off by a mine when she was only seven months old. And so just so listeners know, the medicine and the healing doesn't always go one way. In this case, this elephant was rescued and she's been living in a facility ever since. And she's just been fitted with the world's first ever prosthetic leg. And I saw footage of her walking around on this big, giant prosthetic leg. So animals and people, sometimes they help each other. I'd love to hear another story, Marion, about uh, another healing pet from your book, if you could share that with us. Absolutely. Um, There was a wonderful uh, uh, dog named Chessie, and she was a Staffordshire Terrier. And my friend Harmony, when she was little, uh, had a very broken family life. And at one point, when she was not even a teenager yet, she and her younger brother were left alone uh, by their mother for uh, three months with nothing to sustain them but $20 and a book of food stamps. And it was a very broken situation, but an older boy in the neighborhood started to come around and help them and give them food. She thought he was a friend. Much later, after she was older and in college, they started living together, but he turned out to be very abusive. And um, during that time, his mom got very sick and uh, had to go to the hospital, and the family dog was left there. Uh, They found out, went to get the dog, and the dog, Chessie, a Staffordshire Terrier, became like a lifeline for Harmony. When things were hard, she would just get in the car and drive, and take the dog with her and talk to the dog. And the dog was a constant companion. At one point, this young man uh, convinced her to start doing exotic dancing uh, to help pay bills. But, and, and she got sort of sucked into oh, this. This is so industry. the kind, you know, this is the kind of guy I do not want near my daughter. You're just no. ringing all my mommy alarm bells here. No. Yes, but you know, and, was, and it's like, well, why did that hat pit bull have to be so nice? Why couldn't it have yeah. gone off on this guy of all well, people? The dog was but I know what you mean. Of her, uh. but, no, but seriously, one of, she's now out of that. She's actually founded an organization to help people who are trapped in trafficking situations. And she made an amazing recovery, and she she has a degree, a master's in social work, and discovered that one of the things that helps people recover from that kind of trauma is to have a healthy, consistent, secure relationship in their life at a time when there was no human to do that for her. The dog provided that. 
Oh, I so understand that. And I understand that for children and adolescents and locked door key, uh, latch door, um, latch key kids and all that kind of thing. When there's just, you know, when, the, when you didn't make the team, when you got a bad grade, when your parents aren't around as much as you want them to be, or maybe they're around too much, when you're that kid coming of age, the best thing to do is to be able to go for a walk with the dog, especially a big dog. If you're a girl and people tell you, oh, that's not safe. You can't go out. You have to have a friend. It gets very limiting. But if you've got a big dog, you could just go anywhere. And and it's just, yeah, that, that pit bull made her feel safe and protected. And um, oh, we're running out of time very soon. So to make sure, can you give people the information on how they can get Dr. Dog, this best-selling book that will so make you feel good? How can they get Ab- it, Marion? Absolutely. Um, you can go to my landing page, which is drdogbook.com. It has a couple of excerpts from the book and some links to buy it on Amazon.com. Amazon has a look inside feature. And I would add that all of my royalties from the book are going to nonprofits connected with the stories in the book who are working to further the human-animal bond for mutual blessing. And the book also has wonderful stories about service dogs who make a physical difference, seizure alert dogs. Um, uh, a guide dog for the for uh, a blind man, uh, dogs that uh, help people with multiple sclerosis, with Down syndrome, all kinds of different things that dogs do for us. The landing page is drdogbook.com. My name on the book is M. Period R. Period Wells, and it's available on all the dot coms and through bookstores as well. Okay, everyone. So now you know how to get it and you know why to get it. It'll make you feel good. And anybody you know that's dealing with any kind of health problem and has an animal in their life would appreciate it as a gift, I'm sure. So thank you for joining us today, Marion. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. Okay, everyone. We're going to talk about hot dogs all dressed coming up next. And after that, the Pet Safety Crusader joins us, Denise. And finally, we're going to wrap up with Becky today. So stay tuned to Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. If you want to see my puppies, go to Camp Fit Dog Facebook and check them out. on All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And if you looked at my puppies, you'll see how cute they are. There are nine of them, nine golden doodle puppies. And one standard poodle puppy who's a little bit older and ready to go, the nine golden doodles. They're just over a month old and so cute. So check them out on Camp Good Dog Facebook or check me out at dubwolf.ca as usual. CA because it's Canada. And yes, it may seem like we're taking over the world, at least with the next segment, because I'm talking to Viva from Montreal. Welcome to the show. Bienvenue. So much fun to be here. That was excellent fun speaking, too. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So hotdogsalldress.com. I'm really hoping we're not talking about ketchup and mustard and there's been a mistake in the booking. No, that is true, (laughs) but it is probably the most used joke of any UPS driver we've ever had. <laughs> oh, really? Do you just roll your eyes and smile? Exactly. Like, yeah. Roll my eyes and like smile. when the 
when someone sees me with my logo truck guy and he says, hey, can I get a dog bath too? Yeah, good one. Good one. Thank you for that. 100th time. I get it. So, okay. So hot dogs all dressed. Are they... Are they all dressed? Are they beautiful? They are. Well, what we do, we started, I started this company actually 20 years ago making collars. And what we do that's kind of a fun niche is that I design a bunch of, I think we have almost 100 different decorations now. So you can really customize the collar and tell a story that makes like a meaning for yourself. It, you could have like the one and only collar <laughs> like this in the whole world. Well, give me an example, please. Well, I, we have done like whole stories on dogs because we have different groups of decorations that we can apply to the collar. Animals, sports, love, hearts, bones, <laughs> flowers. So let's say your dog is named Daisy and she has a love for eating bees. So you could do a Daisy and a heart and a bee. And honestly, you can, cre- you can really be your own designer when you're making Oh, so your golden retriever, you could put like some kind of fetch toy on there or something like that? Is that how it goes? Yeah, we have tennis balls, we have soccer (laughs) balls, we have footballs. Did the dog just try and get it the whole time? Try and get the ball, try and get the ball? No. (laughs) They they know it's not real, right? (laughs) I know, it would be funny, but yeah, so it's kind of like a really fun way to make a collar. We use high quality products. We've made all in Montreal here all by hand, all custom work. So it's like old school, vintage manufacturing. And Well, that's, uh, we ship- you know what, that stands up better because the new school frays and breaks. And I sometimes know. they use stuff that's very tempting to a dog to eat as glue because they want to kind of skimp on the stitching. And then the product smells like food. So naturally, the second your dog gets an opportunity, he eats it. And then you don't right. have that product anymore. Right, and was, that's why we don't sew and we don't glue. Everything is made out of whole skins. We cut, we dye them, we buckle them all here in-house. We have a wonderful waterproof line that comes out of the horse industry that's also North American, so North American-made product, and it's antibacterial, and it doesn't stain, and it doesn't stretch, and it's, it's no stink, absolutely no stink. What? So, yeah, even on a, like a musky on. dog that swims all the time, it's not going to stink even. like the pond? You know that wrinkly nose face that people who don't have pets who come into your house and go, hmm, what is that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, they well. don't say, what is it in my house? They know what it is. <laughs> There's a dog surrounding them. There's a cat sitting on the bookcase <laughs> looking at them. They just walked past a sign that says something about how, you know, the dog controls the house or something. Yeah. No, they know what's going on. Yeah. This, that, that beautiful odor that kind of smells great to you, not so much to the rest of your world. Well, the hydro collar, because of it, the way it's made, doesn't promote bacterial growth in the collar. So it never smells. And it's flexible. And it's lightweight. And it's strong. It's like this is the product for dogs that really know how to play in the muck. Oh, See, my, yeah. my facility here is a boarding kennel, and it has a pond, a spring-fed pond, but there's mud there, and the mud lovers find it. For sure they do. They go straight for it, and they roll in it, and they get, you know, white dog comes up brown in two seconds. And uh, they're swimming every day if they like swimming. So this is really interesting right. to me. And I'm there, all about letting the campers hope. get dirty, but I want to get them clean <laughs> before they go home, and I don't want them taking the stink home on their collar. 
Oh my God, groomers and daycares love us. I personally have a little hot, a little Daxi, a hot dog dog, who is right. an indiscriminate poop roller. Okay, I don't know if you're allowed to say that on the radio, but listen, if oh, yeah. it's out there, she'll find it. <laughs> hey, and we've talked way? artificial testicles. We've talked about all kinds of things on this show. You can go there with the poop. Uh, you know, inappropriate elimination is the title of Dusty Rainbolt's book. She's here all the time. Yeah, no, this is well, well within our show parameters subject matter yeah we well, don't shy away from the poop on the pet show so neither does my little doxy uh, <laughs> so you know there's something about roller. horse poop that really draws dogs it's it's a big combination some dogs yeah. roll because they want to hunt something so they roll in duck to smell like duck so the duck won't smell them coming makes sense right other dogs right. roll in something like that horse poop has the same feature you're disguising yourself in a vegetarian smell so you can blend better but it's also got status because it's a big animal it's a big tough (laughs) smell so there's a combo going on there and sometimes horrible they eat it first right oh Oh, man you got to really think about kissing your dog if you've got one of those yeah Mm -hmm. well this one we really (laughs) did this because this way the dog goes out for a walk, comes back with suspicious stains all over their collar. <laughs> you take out the hose and, like, brand spanking new. You don't even suspicious have to take that collar off. Suspicious stains. Ugh. Sparkling. That is quite the little phrase, suspicious stains. <laughs> yes, we all know what those might be. Around here, we have marine life. So sometimes mm-hmm. dogs will roll in a dead fish or mm-hmm. a dead seal. That's really something. That's oily, no. right? It has you almost see? a skunk sort of je ne sais quoi to keep it French for you. A little extra <laughs> kick of dead animal. Lovely, lovely on the collar. So I think I might I might want one of your collars or I several. Am, this is, for us, it has been remarkable. I've been making, like I said, we've been making collars for 20 years now, and we introduced the waterproof line about 10 years, 10, 12 years ago. It's my fastest growing line. We like to call it the cottage collars, but, you know, just because people love them as opposed mm-hmm. to a nylon collar and it's an and and you can have fun with it we have it in bright colors you can put it on red on white dogs there's no staining you can it we've heard from doodle blogs because it doesn't match the fur because of the slide factor of the material ah, see i have yeah, doodles I and poodles and staining is a big deal because the yeah. collar they yeah it is it they the blonde dogs the white dogs the beige dogs Anybody out there who has one knows you don't want that rusty stain all over their neck. And it kind of makes you wonder if that's just a stain. Well, is that seeping in? You know, I just read in the news that um, the latest stat on cancer in dogs is uh, 25% of dogs who die throughout their life die from cancer. And dogs over 10, it's up at 50. And the only the, the biggest conclusion they can come to, the guess is, that it's because, you know, they're naked in the world and they're low to the ground. So they're exposure to toxins is way higher than ours. And so that makes me think, well, do you really want to put some kind of leeching rusty collar on them their whole life next to their neck and their throat? Does that make sense? I'm, I'm kind of rethinking my whole collar situation here. So, okay, let's tell people how they can get these. Vicky or yep. Diva, sorry. Can we tell people yep. how we how they can get them, Diva? Thank you. Yeah, we have a website. It's www.hotdogs, with an S, alldressed.com. And we have, you can really have some fun on there because you can choose your colors, you can choose your material. Like I said, you can choose your decorations. You can have a whole little play with different things. We have matching ID tags. We do matching harnesses, matching leashes. Honestly, it's like 
pizza. Once you get started, it's very hard to stop. <laughs> the topics. And then um, I bet it's funny, right? Like looking at these pictures of these dogs wearing these colors, I bet it's funny. I bet it's good for a laugh, um, too. It's fantastic. You get like Frenchies that wear frog dog, frog co- collars with frogs on them because people like to think of them as frog dogs. You get, yes. we have like, we get so many pictures from our clients who show us all the different modeling things that they've chosen. And you really, you know, you have a big cane corso. At least you can get a hot pink collar with some white daisies on it. And yes, minimize the fear factor in your friendly dog. That makes sense. <laughs> and, you know, if yes. a dog has a big sense of humor and likes attention, he's going to love getting noticed for the new collar. So check it out, everybody. We've got to go to our next guest coming up soon after the break. Uh, let's see. Well, hot dogs all dress.com. Check it out. Let me know what you think. If you've got a great photo of your dog wearing one of these collars, send it to us at Smart Animal Talk. All right, everybody. We'll be back in a bit. Stay tuned. I'm your doggy. Which means you're listening to me, Dub Wolf. And yes, you can see my puppies at Facebook Camp Good Dog. You can. You can also see me training dogs and puppies on YouTube for free if you just look up my name, Deborah Wolf, on YouTube. You can check that out. And now we're going to be talking with Becky Starr from Redstone Media Group, as always, only this time. Well, we're going to talk about a few things today. I do want to make a mention about pit bull, Staffordshire Terriers, whatever you want to call them, and the other dogs who are always blamed the Roddies, the Akitas, the dogs who sort of look like pit bulls. I want to talk about tough dogs and, and rules and problems and, and something going on in my neighborhood, which is despicable. So I want to talk about that a little later. Right now, it's Zika virus. What do you mean? Do I have to worry about that, Becky, and my pets? Uh, you know, um, that's a yes and a no answer. Um, two things here. This summer's routine. Um, inspection prevention strategies are kind of taking a new urgency as a public health uh, warning. Experts are, of course, warning about the Zika virus, you know, in Latin America. But they also say that uh, by the end of the year, certain parts of the U.S., mostly southern U.S., will begin to experience outbreaks that could affect millions of people. Now, while the good news is that the Zika virus is to date is not known to be transmitted to our animals. Um, For those of you who don't know the Zika virus, it is transmitted by mosquitoes that are infected. Um, It's very toxic. It has a lot of negative side effects to the humans. But to date, their research says there's been no signs that dogs or cats have been affected by the Zika virus. Um, Or that um, nor are the dogs or cats that may have even been bitten by a mosquito with the Zika virus are carriers. So that's a good thing. Um, The bad thing is that we, as humans, have to do things to protect ourselves, right, from this potential um, 
transmission from a mosquito. So while we use different repellents, the Centers for Disease Control recommend that you really watch for what type of insect repellents that you're going to be using that are not only safe for you, but also your pets. As many things that we spray in the air or we put out traps or perhaps you put something on your body, they can lick it, they can breathe it or accidentally ingest something that you've left on the ground. And this is where the problems come in. It's the human products that they're using to repel mosquitoes that can be deadly to our animals. The most you know, this is really, really important because they're telling us now that the cancer rates in dogs is way higher than we ever thought. Yes. Way higher. And a quarter of the dogs that die nowadays too early are dying from cancer. And half the dogs that die after age 10 are dying from cancer. And they believe it's from toxins, things that are bad from them, getting on them, in them, around them. They're naked, they're barefoot, they're running through life, and they're licking us. You're so You're so right. I, I never even think when I put mosquito repellent or sunscreen on myself that, you know, my dogs are going to lick it. I never, I, it's why I don't put those things on the pregnant female or the nursing mother because I know the puppies are going to be crawling all over her, licking her, but I have to take another step, right? They're going to be licking me, too. That's right. They're, in, they're completely controlled by your environment, right? So when whether it's a mosquito repellent or an air freshener or something you're washing your clothing in or um, you're spraying or you're trapping or you're using carpet cleaner, it's something that has to be considered because they are exposed to everything that we use in our home, in our yards, on our clothing. And so, yes, what you do to yourself is going to potentially affect your animals and not in a positive manner. The one big product that you want to watch out for when it comes to bug or mosquito repellents is called D-E-E-T. That's D like dog, E like elephant, E like elephant, T like Tom. Now, that's all you have to really remember is DEET. Uh, the real name is diethyl-3-mexobenzamide, which no one's going to remember. So just remember DEET. Is it, isn't DEET what hurt all those Vietnam vets, one of the things? Yes, actually, um, it, when you mentioned Vietnam vets, that's actually how DEET was created. About four decades ago, uh, the military came up with this toxic chemical to put on the soldiers when they go into the jungles to protect them. So it's pretty strong stuff when it was, you know, developed for that reason. So not something you want on yourself, your children, or around your animals. But 30% of the products out there have DEET. Um, and so that's the one thing you want to look for, DEET-free options when you're getting any kind of insect repellent. Um, there are a lot of safe things for our animals. Um, citronella is one big one that is often used for mosquito repellent, you know, and candles and topically to ward off bugs. Neem oil is, is safe. Uh, it repels both mosquitoes and fleas. Uh, this is derived from a type of tree. So it kind of is a double duty. Even if you put it on yourself topically, it's a moisturizer. And you can apply it topically to your dog or cat on the back of their head or behind their ear or on the neck, places that he can't, you know, reach uh, to lick. It kind of gives off a garlic odor. So even if you can't stand the smell and it bothers you, you can also find neem oil in capsules. 
Um, but it's a great mosquito and flea and tick repellent that's all natural. What about the um, bracelets? I have a bracelet for each of my kids and myself, and we tend to put those on. They're, they're supposed to last a very, very long time if you keep them closed when you're not using them, and then you put them on when you're going to go for a hike or a walk, and they seem to work. Are well, they, they're, my first they're citronella based. They're citronella okay. based, but they took them off the market after I bought a whole bunch for some reason, and well, now I've got them, and I don't know if they're safe, but they work. <laughs> You know? here's, here's the problem with the bracelets as well as the collars that we put on. You know how you, they, you put these permanent, you know, flea and tick repellent collars and bracelets on your dogs or yourself. One of the problems with it is that it's continuously ingested, right? Um, they're smelling it all the time. So it's not something that is temporary. And so they found a lot of dangerous toxicity yeah. to something that is consistently breathed in and so i'm glad they took them off the market actually everything well you know the flea in, in the use. flea and tick collars i've seen some really bad uh results bad. in children bad. where they were hugging and kissing the pet and the flea and tick collar was uh, both creating a problem for the dog but also the kid so right. uh, you got to really think about that do you want you know when the dog gets wet and it's all over him and the kid's cuddling the dog maybe in a t-shirt and shorts so bare naked arms bare naked legs this is not good you know it's that's not. that's poison on your child like you got to really think it through i haven't found ever to, that flea collars work. No, I don't. They're, they're, anti them. The, yes. the other end of the animal can still support an entire flea colony, it seems. Right, so, and they're breathing they're long. all the time, right? They're breathing it in. You don't want that. If you want to breathe something in, go with essential oils. You can look up online, go look up essential oils for flea and tick repellents. These work for humans and animals. There's basil, cedarwood, citronella, juniper, lemon, myrrh. Eucalyptus is a huge one. Uh, pine, rose, geranium, rosemary. You can just dab small amounts on, on your dogs or in yourself, and, and they work tremendously. Um, you know, for mosquito repellents we're talking, of course, a lot of these things work for flea and tick. But today is mosquito, and we want people to, that are going out there buying all these things to stop buying anything with D-E-E-T and to take precautions for yourself and your pets, you know, around your home, right? Like, we know that mosquitoes come out usually dusk and dawn. So don't walk during these periods. Get rid of stagnant water around the house and the gardens because they thrive in standing water. Change the water bowls frequently. Avoid walking dogs in marshy places where you can see the darn mosquitoes flying all over the air. Um, get your windows and doors fixed, you know, and screens to prevent them coming from the house. And, and this is going to safeguard both right? You and your pet. We don't want the Zika virus any more than, you know, we want some disease coming into the U.S., but it's here and it's coming and it's going to be larger by the end of the year. So the big thing today is we all know mosquitoes cause heart disease and lots of other things for pets. Zika is not one you have to worry about, but you have to worry about what you're using around your pets on yourself and in your home. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be back with more with Becky Starr and me, Deb Wolf, after the break. Stay tuned. I'm your doggy, I'm your doggy. and I love you. Oh! 
Smart Animal Talk on All Buzz Pet Talk Radio. And for those of you who are thinking of sending your pets to the Olympics, no, I'm just kidding. Of course they weren't. But And the Zika virus does have a serious aspect to it because we're all going to be amping up our mosquito repellent measures, and some of those are dangerous to the pets. So the last segment was all about that. So I thank you for that, Becky. But I still, I still like thinking of one of my golden doodle puppies dressed as an Olympian heading off for the Olympics, being told he can't go because we don't, we don't want him exposed to Zika no. and the mosquito repellent connected. Yeah, well, no, and you I never do. know, right? It takes so much time to figure out research that, you know, this year they're saying it's not affecting pets, but next year they can tell us it is. So, you know, we just have to be well, careful with everything. I'm not, yeah, and the other thing is I'm not planning on having any children, so that part of it doesn't worry me. I already have children, but... What do they not know so far? Like, that's the immediate result of that these babies are born with this problem in the head size. But what about what happens to the women 10 years later, or the men or their grandchildren? Like, I don't even know what ramifications this, this situation is going to have. But I'm glad you're keeping us aware that some of the things we do just to keep the bugs off us normally are not okay for our pets. You know, I wanted to talk about some things in the news lately. There have been a whole bunch of attacks in my area where a dog that might be pit bull or half pit bull or a Rottweiler or half Rottweiler or mistaken for one. Uh, so a tough dog of some kind bites someone and bites them bad. There was this woman just innocently going into a cafe and the dog outside bit her, broke her arm. She ended up in hospital. Oftentimes the person controlling or not controlling the dog who attacks is not the owner. And I find this really difficult. You know, if you've got a big, tough dog and you're taking it out in public, you should be controlling it. Don't step in and get the coffees while your friend the dog hardly knows takes over. Switch that up. Get her to get the coffee. You keep the dog. And there shouldn't be all this off-leash uh, with dogs like this. Even if your dog is reliable and sweet and wonderful, people are afraid of him. So that produces a vibe, a situation that isn't cool right there. So you got to get him on leash. And like the collar lady said from the segment before, get that pink collar on the dog who loves people. Get that funny collar. Dress him up. No, no thorns and nails and, you know, prongs. So they think that you've got this beast, you know, make it easier on people and get your dog so well trained and so sweet and so happy that he's an ambassador for the tough dogs, because a tough dog can really help out in a pinch at a playground. Like we had just two years ago in Florida, there was some guy trying to abduct a lady and her baby. And this dog that she didn't even know came out of nowhere and saved her, you know, and that does happen. Dogs keep us safe if we treat them right. But um, in my neighborhood lately, there have been dogs going missing. And the signs go up, you know, pet wanted or pet lost, call this number, reward offered. And they keep going up and they keep going up. There's now three, three different dogs missing, all 90 pounds or more, all pit bull mastiff types. And if this is going on in your neighborhood like it is in mine, it's probably an indication you have a fighting problem. And it takes everybody, every pet lover out there to get their eyes and ears open and look to see where this fighting problem is coming from because they abduct dogs, they take dogs from people's yards just for practice for the animals they raise and fight. So I want to talk to you about that, Becky. Have you ever done articles on that with Redstone Media Group? 
Yes, um, I mean, of course, um, there's there's two a couple subjects you mentioned that are that have been huge subjects for many many years, right? One is the interpretation of a pit bull. You know how people view them and see them. You know, we've been trying to change that for years because something you said importantly is it's not the dog, you know, that's mean. It's where they come from, where their background is, who's raising them, how are they being trained. And and you have to blame the owner of, of those dogs and not take it out on a breed specific. Second thing is off-leash. Off-leash should not be allowed anywhere, anytime, any place, no matter what. Um, I don't care who you are. You cannot trust a dog, even if they're well-trained, because you don't know what situation is going to create a vibe in them, right? And like you said, they're picking up the fear of another dog who's stuck on a leash, um, who may be aggressive. And and so off-leash is just a no, period, unless they're in your own private, segmented, gated situation. The other thing you mentioned is about stealing dogs. This has been a topic for a very long time. Um, it, it makes me really paranoid, actually, because there's a lot of stories out there whether they steal them from your backyard. Um, a, car, a dog left in a car. They break the window and take them. Um, it can be a woman down out here in the U.S. You can be walking to the dog park or walking your dog down the street and people jump out of their cars and rip the dogs right out of their hands. Um, it's crazy how many dogs are stolen on a daily basis. And you're right. They're using the, them for several reasons. One, of course, is the dog fighting. Uh, they sell them. They, um, you know, try to mate them um, and make money from them. So it's a very big business with a lot of people making a lot of money on, on this type of thing of stealing dogs in a variety of ways. And so, you know, it, it's hard to be safe, you know, when you think you're walking down the street and somebody jumps out of the car and grabs your little puppy, whether it's big or small. It's a very big problem and has been for years. And, and, and you know what? Twice in the last week, while I'm watching these signs go up with these three big dogs that have gone missing, tough dogs that you would never think anybody could steal, you know, I two different experiences. I stopped at a, a parking lot to, to rest my legs and let a dog go for a pee. And this dog, I don't know, big, tough dog, exactly like the ones on the posters, comes running out to bark at me. I tell him it's okay. I hear someone call him from a house three doors down. Like they do this all the time. Well, I could have grabbed that dog and so could the dog fighters. Then the day before that, at night, I got a call from my neighbor there's a Rottweiler outside my house. Can you please come deal with it? He assumed it was, you know, somehow connected to me, which it never is. I'm so fenced. But I go there and it's this beautiful, big, big. female, adolescent Rottweiler, friendly with everybody. I load her in my van, get the tag number, call the lady. The lady comes from a couple blocks away. And then she shows up and what she said to me was, um, oh, I just, I just let her out. Uh, she doesn't usually wander. I'm oh so God. glad you found her, you know, and it's like, put a fence up, put it on a rope, walk it yourself, but don't let it out to wander because there are people looking to find your dog and you'll never see it again. This is just, please people be safe. And not only stealing dogs, right? Something, a couple of things you've mentioned today, and I don't know if you've heard of the story, but 4th of July, of course, is the big day. Everybody's losing their dogs. Their dogs are running free all over the streets. And recently, uh, the other night out here, 
um, a very large German shepherd uh, got loose from the backyard from the 4th of July. Um, a gentleman saw him, felt sorry for him, put out a bowl of water. The dog drank the water and suddenly jumped up with feet on chest and mauled this man. They had, neighbors saw it, people came out, they actually had to start stabbing this dog with a knife to get him off the oh man. Oh my gosh. And then they took it to a vet. When they took it to a vet, they found out it was chipped and it was a retired police dog. Now, I oh, mean, if, no. if, if we can't, if we think we can trust our little bit of training dogs, oh my this gosh. was a retired police dog who attacked a person <sighs> who tried to help him. Snapped. He misidentified and he snapped and all the explosions and the firecracker, they just set him off. This is a PTSD situation. We have to go to break. Oh, I hate to go to break on that, but we have to, Becky. We'll have to talk about this next week. Okay. Nice to see you all again. Have a great day and hug those pets. Well, thank you for joining me again. That's Becky Starr from Redstone Media Group and a bunch of different pet magazines, great magazines. And uh, we'll be talking to her again next week. So thank you. Until then, uh, we've got another segment coming up with the Pet Safety Crusader. So stay tuned. I'm your doggy. I'm your doggy. And I love you. Plus Pet Talk Radio, and I guess I guess I can have control of the Pet Safety Crusader because really I could go over time and cut right into her show. Ooh. That would be very nice of me, but you know what? <laughs> I could do that, couldn't I? Welcome to the show, Denise. Thanks for having me, Deb. <laughs> it's great to have you back again, the Pet Safety Crusader. She's just got back from a hurricane, a tornado, a first aid emergency. She's here with her two trusted dogs instead of steeds and her cat on her shoulder. And the two dogs are carrying the pet safety kits. So she's ready for any emergency. And today's emergency is... Bee stings. That's what we were off trying to fix with our EpiPens and whatnot. So, I yeah. see. Well, you know, if your dog gets stung once on the rump and he's a big dog, you may not even know it. You may just see him scratching. But if he gets stung on the nose or the tongue or the mouth or the eye or he's a teeny tiny dog or he's allergic or he gets stung a lot because he didn't learn from the first sting and went and attacked the hive, you have a problem. So what do you do, Denise? Well, positively, because you're, just like you mentioned, most likely they are going to get bitten on the face because they're snapping at them. Our dogs are natural hunters and they go in search of smaller critters. Um, just like with us, they can get an allergic or an inflammatory reaction. They can actually even go into anaphylactic shock. So if you ever notice it, you know, in a huge amount of swelling or the pet is having any breathing problem, don't delay. Get them to your veterinarian right away because especially if they're bitten on the face, the tongue could start to swell and that would make it even difficult for the pet safety crusader to administer rescue breathing. But, you know, what about, uh, like I have one dog out of my whole menagerie here. There's one who loves to chase bees. It's just something he loves. Wasps, anything that buzzes, he's after it, flies. So I told the vet this, 
we weighed him and he told me what to do in case. So I have the in case Benadryl, the exact dose, ready and waiting. I know the deal. It's not happened yet, but it doesn't take rocket science to see that it might, right? Uh of course, I've actually had several of my own dogs do it. And the Benadryl or the diphenhydramine, as the generic form is called, is actually our best lifesaver before we can get to a veterinarian. Now, if you your pet, uh, excuse me, if your veterinarian has seen your pet before and has given you a a particular prescription, you know, that's great. But generally we go with one milligram of Benadryl for every pound your dog weighs. And if you can actually get the gel caps, I prefer those if you puncture them with a pin and squirt it under the tongue, because anything that goes in sublingually under the tongue gets into the gums, it actually gets into their system a little bit quicker than if they swallow it and it has to be processed that way. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so topically, I've tried all kinds of things on myself. Uh, I once had a, a friend who was in the army, and he got stung while walking my property, and he grabbed a cigarette and took the tobacco from his cigarette and rubbed it into the bee sting. I've never done that, but I've used onions, same way, just rubbed it right in. Uh, does anything like that work for you? Well, I've actually heard of the onions. I haven't. The tobacco, you scared me with the cigarette. I thought he was going to burn himself so he felt the burn and not the sting. No. <laughs> yeah, no, he sat down and had a smoke and <laughs> contemplated the universe. No, no, no. He said that the tobacco draws the poison out, that he wetted the tobacco. He actually spit on it. It was quite the display, you know, I'm lovely. Sure. And then well, he stuck it on there and he said it took the sting away. Now, I don't know because I've never done that, but the onion really works. Yes, the onion and baking soda, um, you know, like an old-fashioned grandmother's paste of baking soda and water dabbed on. The problem, though, on our pets is with all their fur, we very often can't actually find the sting itself. And, you know, we can't just slobber the baking soda or anything all over the fur. We have to get to the skin. So generally, I do recommend the Benadryl and an ice pack. And I don't even say an ice pack. Go in your freezer and grab a bag of frozen peas or mixed vegetables. Those mold nicely, you know, around the leg or a snout or, you know, whatever you're trying to reduce the swelling on. But just remember to remove it periodically so you don't give your dog frostbite on top of the bee sting. Cook it up later, add it to the dog food. No <laughs> loss there, right? There Can't you, go back in the freezer anymore. I so, know. There, there you go, I was going to say. But, you know, our best bet is, you know, what you were bringing up first is whatever we can do to lessen their prey drive, whether it's that water squirt bottle or teaching them no or having pet-safe insecticides around the yard, such as growing things like lemongrass or catnip, as long as you don't have the cat that gets into the catnip. Um, you know, those things that can keep insects away can help. Yeah, well, the hornet thing, I once had, see, I think it's more than just prey drive. Like, it's it's not just, oh, look, it's a, it's a buzzing thing, let's get it. Bees are very territorial. They act like a dog pack. And dogs are not oblivious to this. This is not lost on the dog. When one of my dogs stumbles upon a hornet's nest or a mud wasp nest, and he cues the pack, and they all do the circle formation around it, and then they all take turns going in, and then the hornets respond in the same way. They all come out. And they don't attack me because I wasn't messing with them. They attack with whoever was messing with them the most. It's like they have intelligence. They do. And our dogs do too, but they're, they're two different species um, kind of going at it the same way. And it can be a bad outcome, especially if it's multiple stings. 
I had this one dog I was walking years ago as a dog walker. She was a lab border collie cross named Rosie, medium size, lovely dog, super obedient and fast and just wonderful. But she was, you know, off leash in this off leash dog park. I had some on leash, some off. And she ran off like usual and came back followed by what looked like a hive. I mean, they were just all oh over my her. Gosh, She's a black dog and her skin was spotted with gold. It was just so many of them. And I didn't know what to do. I mean, it was to the point where I didn't know what to do. So I grabbed her. I tied my tied up dogs so they were secure. And I grabbed her by the collar and I dragged her into the river. Now she was a swimming dog. So river was not the problem. But what I did was I submerged her body. So they drowned. And I was sort of slapping the ones on her head and slapping her and everything else. Do you think that dog learned not to chase hornets? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> it did not learn not to chase hornets. The owner told me it was just as bad as ever. It had always been terrible with this one thing. It was like it now had a hate on for hornets. But I felt so bad doing this to this poor dog. But I think underneath it all, she knew I was giving her help. I mean, I was, you know, stopping them from stinging her. But it was just amazing how they were, they were ignoring the rest of my dogs and ignoring me. And they were going for her. Really, they were. And I had other black dogs. Like, they knew. They totally knew. It's amazing Yeah, well, to me. and the moral of this story is if there are bees around, always have a river or a lake or at least a waiting <laughs> yeah, pool <no>. nearby. <laughs> but, I, but, you know, to have the right Joseph uh, Benadryl ready or the no-name, if, if you can get it together ahead of time, that's best. And, um, and go to your vet if you need to. And we gave some, you know, baking soda helps, onion helps. Um, once they've guess. had an incident, some veterinarians now will descri- prescribe an EpiPen dose to your pet's Just body weight. Yeah. But usually okay, not everyone. ahead. Well, we've run out of time because there's a show coming up and I'm tempted to go over. I really am. But I won't because <laughs> I'm polite. I share my toys. Okay, Denise, thank you very much for joining me today. And I'm going to close out for Smart Animal Talk. On All Paws Pet Talk. If you want to see more of me, go to dubwolf.ca. Or if you want to see the puppies, uh, campgooddog.com or campgooddog on Facebook. And that's it for me until next week. Until next week, be good to your animals. And anytime you're near.